Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Tech Talks. You are chopping it up with Chuck. I'm the editor-in-chief of the award-winning Cannabis and Tech Today, and we are here with a very, very special guest. We have with us today, we have John Goldman, the Senior Vice President of Mortgage Lending with Guaranteed Rate Affinity. John, how the heck are you? I'm doing, I'm doing great, Chuck. Doing great. Thank you for having me today. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate Listen, really you coming here. Stuff. Yes, I want to make a promise to our listeners because uh, nobody really likes talking about a mortgage or refinancing <laughs> their current mortgage. In fact, I've seen a recent poll that people would rather get a COVID test, set in traffic, or go to an insurance conference than talk about mortgages. But, but we've got some good stuff for them today, don't we? <laughs> Yeah, and I appreciate you setting that bar so high there. So, you know, I think we're going to, I think it's going to be a positive, uh, positive uh, direction no matter what at this point. Thanks, Chuck. Hey, listen, if you've been to an insurance convention, you know things can only go up. <laughs> I used to sell insurance. Yeah, I was going to say, I used to sell insurance, so I know something. Or, or if you said in traffic in Chicago, it's the same type of thing, let me tell you. So. Yeah, yeah. And let's get a quick background. So you live in Chicago. Yeah, lived in, lived in Chicago my whole life. Yeah, so I'm pretty excited. I uh, been in the business for going on 24 years. I uh, got a family, got three kids, and a beautiful, beautiful wife that we uh, live in the suburbs of Chicago with. So it's a, it's a, it's been an interesting time through COVID. Yeah, yeah, and you've got a dog. Uh, Ireland, yeah, our 60 pound puppy that thinks he's a lap dog. <laughs> so <laughs> makes it makes for a lot of interesting evenings. Let me tell you. Yeah, yeah. So Illinois, uh, by the way, is um, it's going pretty gangbusters over there with the cannabis industry, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty crazy because yeah, I got a lot of friends that have been involved in the industry. Uh, so I know tangentially for the last ten years, there's been a big push, um, for, first on the medical side, and then obviously the recreational side in Illinois. Um, I'll tell you, you know, uh, I'm an advocate and an enthusiast, so you know, I'm a, a big fan of all the. Uh, product that uh, could help make you feel better, both um, from a medical point of view. And, you know, obviously there's a, there's a great, a lot of industrial uses too, but listen, Illinois has really been uh, one of the, one of the start, I, I would say one of the, the leaders in the recreational field at this point. And I know a lot of other states are looking at it, but it's, uh, it's been a great, uh, it's been a great run. Yeah. And you're with, uh, let's see, I want to make sure I say this right. Guaranteed rate affinity. Yeah, so Guaranteed Rate Affinity, we're licensed in um, all the continental U.S., so we lend in every single state. Um, we've been around for, Guaranteed Rate Affinity itself has been around for three years. We're a division of a company called Guaranteed Rate Incorporated, probably seen some advertising around. Uh, if you're a big White Sox fan, we uh, sponsor the ballpark there. But uh, the company itself, Guaranteed Rate Incorporated, uh, did about $70 billion last year in residential loans. And I think we employ just north of 5,000 employees at this point. Wow. So yeah. this is a big company. You guys are a big player and you actually have some good news to share with our audience. Let's, let's jump into it. I mean, who doesn't like good news? Well, listen, I mean, here, here's the thing. I, I've been really studying the industry. I've always been a, a student of anything that I'm doing. And I really like to dive in um, and really get to know not just uh, the product, the company or, or people that I'm working with. And that's including my clients. I like to get in and know what kind of business they're in and, and what do they do and how do they help and so not. So, you know, one of the things that we really found interesting was that 
I started to talk to people in the actual field itself. And I'm not just talking about people that are selling, um, either growing, selling, or actually working in the shops, but tangentially, you know, the cannabis magazines, the people that are suppliers. And there seemed to be like a constant theme that was coming up over and over. I actually went to, I, I, I Chuck, I don't know if you know this or not, but I actually went to the Merge uh, conference in the winter. And it was great. Uh, I spoke to... <laughs> Little, little uh, shout little out to the merge, there you go. And uh, yeah, I spoke, I spoke to dozens of people. I was kind of hanging out, going from room to room. First of all, the platform itself is incredible. I thought it was uh, definitely where the industry is heading from a conference point of view. Um, and I heard their stories, and it, it, it was the same theme that I heard over and over again, which was interesting. Which was they just felt like growing as the industry was growing up, that there are certain parts that um, were not growing up with the industry itself. And it kind of became a little disgruntled, you know, like disgruntling for me because I don't know, it looked like there was, people felt like they were being discriminated against in some form or fashion. So, you know, I kind of really started to dig in and say, how can I help, you know, the industry itself as well as, you know, the families that are affected by this. Well, and that's good because we want to bring value to our audience. And I think that's, you know, that they're definitely going to get some after this, but there's a couple areas where people in the cannabis industry might mm -hmm. feel um, discriminated against. Like number one, I feel like they feel like they're taxed out of the Yazoo, sometimes double taxed, sometimes triple taxed. Right. I think we can agree with that. <laughs> um, you know, the, the other thing is they can't, they can't declare bankruptcy or, but I believe that, um, there's some kind of restrictions on, you know, if a cannabis business goes out, they can't declare bankruptcy, um, which is a which is a major deal, right? That's a huge, huge kind of discrimination, if you will. And the other one is that I didn't realize until just recently before we set up this uh, podcast was um, banking, financing, and specifically Difficult. buying a house. Yeah. So, you know, once again, I, you know, discrimination, it, it, it's, it's an interesting, so I don't know if... I, I want to be clear. I think people may feel like they're being discriminated against it, yeah. but when you pay your taxes and you're paying your taxes and they're federally taxed, correct? And uh, you can't, and I think that's leading to your bankruptcy question before, because bankruptcy is a federal you mm -hmm. know, action that it's illegal. Cannabis is illegal federally. So what happens is how come I could pay taxes or how come they're you know taxing my paycheck, but I can't use that same income that I pay taxes on to qualify for a loan, to buy a home. So that's kind of the that's kind of the conundrum that I really started to dig into, and I'm like, hmm, something doesn't really seem fair here. Let me see how I could go and help, and that's kind of what I started to do and research and talk to a lot of different people and try to talk to the people that advocate in the, for the industry itself and see you know, how we could help. That was really my driving mission at that point. And I mean, there's a lot of cannabis employees and cannabis business owners in the uh, in the country, right? I mean, we're talking hundreds of thousands. Hundreds of thousands. So listen, like I said to you before, I, I've been doing this for 24 years. I've helped north of 6,000 families. In fact, we've closed over 400 transactions this year alone, just, you know, just myself. So we, we're feeling and seeing this. And, you know, what, what, I, what was disgruntled, just what was hard for me is that I was seeing a long time ago when I was in the business, um, I uh, went through some financial stuff with the industry in 07 and 08 and, you know, came to a point where I had to make some decisions and I owned a home and I wasn't able to own a home anymore. And that, that warned me really, really hard. And when I was able to get back on my feet and it created some, a certain sense of empathy for people that are not able to own a home. And it started to become a driving mission for me, which was how do I help people 
enjoy the rights that I feel all you know humans should have, which is to own your own place. Yeah. And so that was kind of what really you know pushed me into let me see if I could figure this out and let me see if I could help the families to help people because I know how good it feels to actually own your own home. Yeah, and uh, just speak to that for a second. I mean, you obviously are not just any mortgage broker. You know, you you kind of it sounds like you sort of understand. You're kind of an advocate. Why do you think that um, that it is a right? You know, to uh, to own your own home. Well, listen, I, I think that because once again, as we talked about before, there, there's something special about walking through your your own house. You know, making a little mark on the wall where Johnny was this age and Johnny was this age and Johnny was this age. And it brings a, a special sense of self-worth. And, you know, I think that the industry itself is kind of has this cloud over it that somehow because of how cannabis used to be illegal um, in certain states. Now, obviously, medical marijuana has been legalized at many more states. I don't know the exact count. I believe uh, legal, I think recreational is now in 16 states, I believe, some 15 or 16 states, and it's only going to trend north. And it appears like hopefully the government's going to make a rational decision here and you know maybe uh, legalize it at the federal level. But it, it's become a real issue, which is like, how do people, they, they can't enjoy what I enjoy. And how is that fair? You know, I, they work just as hard. They're pulling the eight to 10, 12 hour day shifts, whether yeah. it's, you know, in the fields cultivating, if it's in the stores, if it's someone that's making lighting equipment for the cannabis industry. Um, and I want them to be enjoy what I enjoy, which is coming home to my family and feeling the love and warmth that a house brings you. Yeah. And also it's really nice when you go onto Zillow and you see that your house has gone up in value, you know, 10% or 12% or something, you know, that, that feels good, right? <laughs> Yeah, well, that's a whole nother, you know, a house, a house isn't just a place where you, you know, hang your hat, your hat and your family stays, but it also should be a really good investment for you, it can be. The vast majority of wealth in the United States has always been created through real estate, right? I bought my home for a dollar, had it for 10 years, sold it for a buck 50, and that continues to roll on and roll on. So um, uh, even though appreciation in your home is not a, an inalienable right, you know, yeah. we hope that values go up, yeah. but it's always, you know, paying your mortgage down and creating that equity bubble has always been something that you can do. And, that, you know, I truly believe that it's a great investment in most markets. Okay. And I, listen, I love where this is going. We've got it. We got to pay the bills over here. So I got to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we're going to talk more about the right of home ownership, how it affects, you know, people that work in the cannabis industry. And I want to ask you specifically, why was guaranteed rate able to figure out a way to serve, you know, these hundreds of thousands of people. And we'll get to that right after this commercial break. We have, uh, we have absolutely some more awesome things to talk about. And we'll be back right after this break. Today's episode of Cannabis and Tech Talks is brought to you by ACS Laboratory, the largest hemp and cannabis testing facility in the southeastern United States, providing a nationwide courier service for CBD and hemp samples. From potency testing and terpene profiling to testing for residual solvents and heavy metals, ACS Laboratory offers a wide range of tests from their state-of-the-art 20,000-square-foot ISO 17025 accredited laboratory. With 21 Emerald badges, two years in a row, you can have the satisfaction knowing your results will be consistent and accurate. Learn more about ACS Laboratory, go to acslabcannabis.com. 
Hey, everybody, welcome back. We are here at Cannabis Tech Talks. You are chopping it up with Chuck, and we are talking to John Goldman, Senior Vice President. Man, that's a good title right there. <laughs> guaranteed Rate. And he is talking about how um, Guaranteed Rate and how he is, his company, is able to serve people in the cannabis industry uh, where before they might have been disqualified uh, due to banking and such. So, John, how are you guys able to pull this off? I mean, this sounds like a pretty, a pretty big thing for your company. And why hasn't um, another mortgage company, you know, or another uh, uh, lender, done this? Well, yeah, it's a great question, Chuck. So, it, it, once again, I think it's important to understand, like I said, a little bit of the background, being that yeah. you know, with cannabis being illegal still at the you know, uh, federal level, any bank that that serves cross borders, so if they're going from Illinois, Wisconsin, a Chase, a Wells, or whatever, they have, they have to follow federal law. Why? Because one state's different than the other state. So the big disconnect is that any of those, any of those larger institutions are not going to take the risk. And this is the same issue that you guys have with transactional stuff in the mm -hmm. cannabis industry. They're not going to take the risk of having the federal government come in and say, hey, you're money laundering or whatever the term would be for whatever action um, over state borders. So with us being a mortgage broker, and what we do is we actually are, we're a correspondent lender. We go and lend our own money. We close the transactions. Then we sell them off to investors, depending on, once again, these are very large investors. But we send, sell them off to investors, and we kind of recoup our money. So that's how the mortgage broker world works versus a bank, where you go and you make your deposits, and then they lend out your money. So this is our money that we lend out. And so uh -huh. we have a little bit more um, wiggle room in the way that where we yeah. place, where we actually place those loans. So what happens is that I, I really did a lot of research. Like I said, you know, from going to your conference, you know, looking, talking to a lot of people in the industry, having friends in the industry, advocating for the industry, being an enthusiast of the industry. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I started, you know, really thinking to myself, well, is there a way that we could slot certain investors for these loans that don't have the federal expo exposure that would limit them to do something like this? So the answer is after uh, probably four to five months of very detailed work and making a ton of calls and working with all the people in my organization, we found uh, we found some people that are totally fine as long as it's legalized in that specific state where we are lending the money. They are fine with going forward and lending uh, money for residential transactions, which to me was like, wow, yeah. you know, I can actually fulfill a mission that I started previously. Like I said, 23 years ago, I wanted to help people and we've continued to help more and more. And now it's like, I have a whole new world that's been open to me. And I, I'm so excited by the fact that I'm gonna be able to see that smiling face of someone walking into that house for the first time that they could buy it or the kids running to their rooms, you know, picking out which one is theirs or whatever, you know, emotional joy and satisfaction I do get from my job. Dude, yeah, I'm feeling it. I'm getting the feels right there, man. <laughs> I, I hope you are because it's really, you know, it really, it's an amazing thing. If you only do this business to try and make money, you're not going to be very successful in it. It's a tough business that grinds out, but if you're there because you have a, the right center, you're coming from the right place. Yeah. You know, that's what drives me in this business. And that's what should drive most people. So I saw this disconnect and I found a way I, I believe to solve it. And uh, what makes me different than everybody else? Well, I, you know, I did my research. I took my time. I listened to the people um, that had issues and I'm addressing those. So and you're also, you're also a true believer in the plant. 
I'm a true believer in the plant from a industrial mm-hmm. uh, production point of view. I and mean, once again, it's not just about smoking it or eating it. Or, you know, it's there's industrial applications. We have once again the whole medical world. You know, is is gigantic PTSD talking about all these other symptoms. Um, that could be dealt with possibly. Um, you and I talked about some other stuff regarding, you know, how they get veterans. Uh, veterans get, um, you know, the prescriptions that they get for the veterans are, are sometimes brutal for their bodies. Yeah. They can't handle the effects. Um, so there's a lot of stuff, like I said, that I really believe is beneficial in the cannabis world. Yeah, I'm just saying you're actually a guy who believes in the plant, who believes in the benefits and stuff. You didn't just notice, hey, there's an underserved market. Let me put on my weed shirt and come over here and try to (laughs) to get some business. So I did, I did, I did go to, I did go to University of Colorado Boulder. I did go to University of Wisconsin at Madison. Yeah. Once again, not claiming of, of anything, but like I said, I've been around it for a while and I, I've seen, you know, the true of positive effect of uh, when it's used the right way um, in the industry and in society. I mean, so I, I am a big believer and I am a big enthusiast and, and guess what? I'm a big advocate. Yeah. Yeah. No, man. It doesn't make you a bad guy, especially not on this show. Um, <laughs> so, so, so talk, talk real brief. You, you mentioned, you know, we talked about you being a believer in, in the plant, um, you, you know, philanthropically, you are involved with the concussion legacy uh, foundation. Yep, Speak yep, to that yep. real quick, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, like I said, I, I have this, uh, you know, w- when you're in the industry that we're in, it, it's a grind day in, day out, crank on your phones, talking to people. And so you, you're always looking for this outlet. What connects you to this part of the world or and what what's special to you? So um, a guy named Chris Winsky started an organization called the Concussion Legacy Foundation. And it's really kind of threefold. One, uh, the the big driving mission. You've heard about the brain bank. I think yeah. you've heard about people that have had CTE and NFL players and a bunch of professional athletes has really talked about donating their brains um, because they're trying to study the effects of CTE and how they affect uh, the human brain. And obviously, unfortunately, you know, the suicides that have really increased greatly due to what we believe a, um, a connection with concussions and CTE. Um, the other thing that's really interesting is the organization works a lot with the military. And uh, they have blast, you know, what they call blast concussions, which, you know, so, uh, an IED goes off, there's a sonic wave that goes through and kind of shatters your head side to side. You don't get knocked down. You may not like be like, whoa, what's happening to me? But repeated concussion blasts can have the same effect and create, once again, the effects potentially of CT and affect people's brains, emotions, and so on. So those two things, the organization itself really started to drive me into like, wow, what else could this be used for? And then, you know, you and I started a conversation um, about the, the medical effects of taking uh, about how it can be used to treat P- PTSD, how it can be uh, used to treat certain types of depression and so on and so forth. And once again, if someone is on medication that they have no appetite, it can be helped to obviously increase the appetite too. The third thing that our organization does that I love is we deal with kids. And so we deal with getting kids to recognize the effects of a concussion and how important it is to recognize if someone on your team has a concussion, you got to speak up. We call it team up, speak up. So mm-hmm. between that and another thing that's dear to my heart is our company itself, at Guaranteed Rate, we've donated, we, we have a, a food issue and we've donated in this country and we've donated over 2 million meals um, last year alone to people that needed um, food for food pantries. That's- it's, yeah. So. That's really cool, man. I, I love giving, you know, our time to talk about yeah. 
social impact. I just think it's so important. I think, you know, for the veterans, for the athletes, you know, I love seeing companies do stuff to yeah. give back. So that's really, really cool. And I appreciate you, you know, kind of, kind of sharing that, that yeah. part with us. Um, so getting back to the, uh, sure. the home ownership, let's give the audience a couple of tips. Can you give them a couple mm. of, uh, okay, they're ready to sure. jump in the game. Yeah, uh, even though it's a freaking seller's market, like you wouldn't believe at least here in it, Colorado. It really is. Now, yeah, it's, it's a seller's market. Now, yeah, it really Give is. them a couple tips if they're sure. thinking that they want to jump Excellent. in the game. So, uh, first tip, call me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, seriously. So, there's two things that I really focus on whenever I start talking to a client about the potential of home ownership, or even if they are looking to buy up to another place. There's two things that I always say. Forget about percent down. Forget about, you know, all these fancy numbers and all these, you know, what we want to focus on is what is your monthly payment every single month with your taxes, your insurance, your association dues, what is coming out of your bank account every single month? You got to be comfortable with that number. What I could qualify you for may be a lot more than you're comfortable separating with. So I really focus on, is that a comfort zone? Mm -hmm. Number two, at the end of the day, when you close on your house, how much is going to be gone from your checking account? I call it the chunk price. So you want to know what you're, what you're paying every single month and you want to know what's going to be gone from your bank account, T minus one, zero, and then T plus one, what's going to be left. So even though you're putting 5% down, 3% down, 20% down, there's going to be closing costs. There's going to be, you know, you're going to have to move. You may want to paint your house. You may want to do some upkeep. So we really focus on what's that comfort level monthly and what's that comfort level with your total savings uh, at the end of the day. So that's kind of really our focus. So I think people really need to think about those two things before they jump into the conversation of, hey, I want to go buy a house. Yeah. And, and, you know, obviously just having your financials in order, you know, having everything so that you can go through, like, I mean, I, I, I things have probably changed a lot, you know, since uh, the past 15, 20 years. I mean, I bought a house with a, with an option arm. I refinanced it stated, right. They were just like, just tell us what you make. And they, they even said, when you refinance, how much do you want to take out? I was like, I don't know, a hundred. They're like, no problem. You know? So is it, um, it hasn't changed lot in the past, you know, say 10 or 15 years uh, when it comes to options and, you know, things like that? Yeah, 2008 really was a big reset. Um, so the, the, the loan you're talking about, they used to call fast and easy. Yeah, that was the name of it. Fast and easy. How much do you want? How much do you make? Here's your money. Yeah. Well, that didn't turn out too good for 09, 2010, and 2011. Did it? Didn't turn out good for me either, buddy. <laughs> so, there's a good. That's well. The good news is, you know, there's been plenty of years that have passed. So yeah, yeah, know, yeah. We're, we're more than happy to help, Chuck. But at the end of the day, I really, I really think, like you said, I think it's important if you're getting ready for home ownership. So mm -hmm. here's some things that you need to know. Um, you're going to need 30 days of pay stubs. So get, get one month of your pay stubs. Just gather them so you have them together. W-2s for 19 and 20. So okay. you need two years of W-2s. Get one month of your asset statements, checking, savings, you know, your retirement accounts. Mm -hmm. And that's really the best way to start. So pay stubs, W-2s, some your checking, savings, asset accounts. That is what we need to start. That's it. Yeah. So I know I think there's been a lot of, there's this, this is a big mystery around what do we do in this big finance uh, business yeah. and all these pieces. At the end of the day, we try to simplify the process to you, streamline it, try to make it not so overwhelming. I want to reduce your anxiety level going in. Yeah. Therefore, this is my anxiety level throughout the process because you're cool. I'm cool. We're all going to be cool. Yeah. We close time. We make the process efficient. We communicate well. 
we're transparent. And if those, if we can live up to all those things, you know, hopefully it's not as bad as getting a COVID test. Sitting in <laughs> insurance or, seminar. Or, or an insurance <laughs> seminar. So. Hey, one, one last question. Um, Cause yeah. I know we're, I know we're getting out of time here. Um, are there any trends that you're noticing? Like one of the things I was curious about is with this whole COVID thing, um, mm. when people are looking for homes, are they, are they more aware of this is where I'm going to work? Are they more aware of, you know what I mean? This might be where my kid's going to school. Um, what, what, are, what are kind of some of the trends you're seeing right now? So this is an interesting topic for me. Um, so I, I, I now work remote because our offices are closed because of COVID. So, you know, I've been home with my family for the last uh, nine and a half months. Uh, I've, I personally enjoyed the time because I've, uh, it gave me a great chance to reconnect, not just with my kids, but my wife. And like you said, my dog who loves mm-hmm. having me around every day, big, um, <laughs> big, 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 big lap dog. But um, the, what we're seeing is, you know, over the last few years, there's been a big push to cities, big push. Denver's a perfect example, Chicago, another one. Big push to actually the metropolitan cities for lifestyle, for, you know, high-rise condos going up. You go to million restaurants, all that kind of stuff. Well, obviously, that's changed right now because of COVID. But also, the other thing that's really changed is people have realized that they can work remotely as almost as effective as they have going into an office. So in certain cases, depending on where you live, it could be two, three hours commute, California. It yeah. could be two hours each way. I worked in the suburbs and I, you know, if I was going to uh, downtown, it could take me an hour, hour and a half each way. So the ability to be more effective and productive uh-huh. in your work life is leading to change in the way people buy homes. They want, you know, before they love these big open floor plans. Now people want spaces where they could shut a door, case in point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in my office in the house with the door yeah. shut. You yeah. don't have a bunch of people running. And so, but same type of thing. So what I'm seeing is a huge trend towards a space that's functional in a house to incorporate both school, office, and then obviously your recreational and family life. So yeah, it's a big push. So the suburbs are hot again. Yeah. <laughs> that's the way to say it. So people want space. People want to be able to run outside, go throw a football with your kid for an hour, get recharge yourself and go back to work. And I think that's going to be something that's a G that's not going back in the bottle. Yeah. And I talked to a lot of my friends, a lot of people about it and they love the flex lifestyle. And I think that's actually going to be a benefit that companies are actually going to be selling mm-hmm. as using for recruiting, which is, Hey, we'll let you work flex three days a week. We'll let yeah. you work five days a week. Hey, you want to go down and work in uh, the Bahamas and, you know, log in from nine to five every day in front of your computer. We're happy with that. Well, before people wanted them in the office, in the space. Yeah, so I think that's a big change. I think so too, and I think I think we've got a good I think we've got a good thing going here. You know, I mean, uh, it seems like companies are figuring out how to pivot. Yeah, and we're you know we're getting the work done. We're doing the best we can despite these crazy times. And I just think it's really cool to see what you guys are doing there to help you know people buy homes because it's an important part. Like you said, it's the right of home ownership, and you know people in the cannabis industry shouldn't be uh, shouldn't be excluded from that. So it's interesting. Uh, just a little stat. Um, I believe it's just north of eighty percent of our employees work remotely. Wow. Think about that. Yeah. Overall. 80%. And by the way, that was a, the number. I don't know exactly what the number was, but it wasn't too far away from that, that this was pre-COVID. Yeah. We're, we're big believers in our company about flex space and about giving people a lifestyle and really enjoying their families. And to your point, after COVID and everything else, if, I, if you haven't learned anything, it's, you know, love the ones you're with. And, you know, I can't, you know, can't be happy enough for that. 
So, well, that that's, there's no better way to end this podcast, John. Yeah. I mean, you just literally, you just wrapped it up with a ribbon and a bow here. Uh, let our, let our audience know where, where they can get a hold of you. Give it, here's, here's the shout out time. All right, here we go. So John Goldman, J O N Goldman. Uh, you can reach me at the initial J the initial G at G R A rate.com. That's the initial J, the initial G at grarate.com. And once again, we have a great platform. We got great digital technology. And, and once again, more importantly, I can't thank you enough, Chuck. This was great. Um, I, it's such an exciting uh, group of people to talk with and to talk, you know, be involved in. And the cannabis industry, you know, it's not stopping. So thank you for everything. I really appreciate the time. Oh, absolutely, man. Thanks for being our guest here. And I'm sure we'll be hearing a lot more from you and guaranteed rate, uh, you know, in the near future in the cannabis industry. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we've come to that time where this episode is over. If you liked it, go ahead and hit the like button. Make sure that you subscribe, share with your friends, and don't forget to follow us on social media. Stay involved with the conversation. We always bring great guests. Uh, we're always featuring awesome, innovative products and different companies. So, again, we love having you here on Cannabis Tech Talks. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, for my guests, for all the people that help put this together, thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Cannabis Tech Talks. Tech Talks.